0: Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9-star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson.
1: Today's guest is Evan Munn. Evan is a former soccer player for Oregon State University. He's a close personal friend of mine. Evan and I have known each other for like three or four years now. We've been in Bible studies. We've been in life groups together. Just a great guy. Evan has an amazing testimony um, talking about suicide, suicide prevention, his own personal experience, um, and his attempt to take his life. Guys, he has just a crazy story, whether you believe it or not it i mean god interferes pretty heavily in, in evan's life and in his testimony it's uh it's unbelievable evan's been a part of multiple um multiple mental health groups uh including damn worth it he was uh, very closely now i think i believe he was the president of damn worth it at oregon state which is a um, hands-on mental health advocacy group on campus um they do a lot of great things go check them out if you guys are struggling go check them out and um yeah, I just hope that Evan's podcast, or not Evan's podcast, that this podcast, Evan's Testimony, will just be an inspiration to somebody, will help somebody out, and we'll be able to, uh, shoot, if it could even pull one person off the ledge, that'd be amazing. So if you guys do like this podcast, if you even if you don't like it, but you know maybe somebody that could benefit from it, please share it. This is probably the most impactful podcast I've ever done, and this is probably one that I pride myself on the most. Um, just a, a story that I've wanted to have shared on my platform for a long time. So if you guys would, please share it uh, on your platforms, share it with friends, go leave a five-star review and tell us what you liked about the podcast. I really appreciate it. But without further ado, guys, let's let's get into the interview. Evan Munn. You there? Okay, how's the audio on that? Yeah, it sounds great. Awesome. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You look very uh, official. Are you wearing pants? What's going on? Oh, here? I'm. I'm always wearing pants. Don't are worry you, about are, that. Are you in underwear? No. Okay.
0: Never. Never underwear. wear drawers, but I got pants on. Don't worry.
1: Okay, that's all that matters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's it been, brother? So
1: you're in Illinois.
0: I'm in Illinois, man. I'm over in the Midwest. It's been crazy.
1: Yeah. Have you ever been out there?
0: Uh, I went last year. Um, obviously my mom lives out here. Got to right. meet um coming up on soon to be baby sister she's fostering 6 month old baby right now oh working in the gosh. adoption process and she's yeah
1: she's awesome man what's how's that been is, is it oh, uh, yeah. black white latino what uh what race is the uh, uh so what's, o- what's sister Oakland
0: okay. Oakland is is white okay. um she, she was born on the street actually in an alleyway Got to go by that. Um, it's just the heart. It, it was that's exactly what it was. Um, <clears throat> you know, we got to be careful about what we do and don't share. But um, absolutely, she ended up uh, being abandoned at the hospital. Mom picked her up after about five days um, being in the hospital, and she's been here ever since. So,
1: how did your mom get into that?
0: Well, my mom has always wanted to adopt. She uh, probably about 10 years ago, she'd been saying she wanted to adopt, um, and moved out here to Illinois and, uh, just from the job situation and everything and decided this is the, this is the way to go. She said, God's just been really putting it on her heart. She's been praying for a baby girl and that's what, that's exactly what she got. So.
1: Wow. Wow. That's amazing, man. Well, I'm glad that, um, she's with you guys and, um, obviously God willing, I hope, I hope that's what, what remains. That's That's crazy. So is there any, you can't share much. I don't, I don't, I'm sure you've shared everything that you can. So I don't want to dive into it too much, but what's that like uh having a a little sister that you weren't prepared
0: for? Dude, I'm not the baby anymore, which drives me crazy. Right. Uh, I used, I used to be the favorite kid and I don't know what happened. Right. (laughs) It flipped, it flipped on me and uh, absolute just flip of a switch, but no, I mean, she's She's the biggest blessing in the world. Um, the happiest. She's healthy. Obviously, she was a month premature, but she's she's just growing like a weed. And, um, you know, it was cool. The other day, it actually hit me. If we end up getting to go through this entire adoption process, I'm going to be the one that gets to give her away. And, um, you know, that hits you as an older guy starting to get into his, his adulthood. Um, it's a cool moment. It's a cool moment that's going to be yeah, uh, something I remember for the rest of my life. So I'm I'm excited for
1: it, man. That's cool, man. That's awesome. And her name is Oakland, right? Oakland Grace. Okay. Well, we will be uh, we will be praying for Oakland if you guys are listening. Um, Appreciate that, man. Prayers over. How how spe- is there anything specifically that can be praying for? Or just the whole situation. Is there a timeline on this, or <laughs> is it kind of just up in the air right now? Uh, it's all up in the air. Uh, you know the adoption. And
0: the foster care system in America is so broken. And everything can be so wishy-washy. Right. Um, so it's hard to tell, but it's just, just a smooth process. And hopefully uh, going through with this adoption and obviously the, the developmental stuff, you're never sure uh, what's going to happen um, later on. There's not a whole lot of research on babies and, and math. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, obviously she's in phenomenal hands. I'm, of course, biased, but nobody believes she's not going to have a better mom in the world to take care of something like this.
1: So That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And and obviously unfortunate circumstances, but I think it goes without saying um, that child's going to be a blessing and uh, it's absolutely better that she's here than not. So... Um, interpret that how you will, but um, that's amazing, man. And good for you guys. Um, gosh, man, what what else have you been up to? So you like in the Midwest? I You know I grew up, grew up out there. That's where I'm from. I'm from Missouri, just south of Illinois. And, uh, the Missouri boy, I remembered that. Um, I like it. I wanted to go out to St. Louis,
0: actually. Okay. Uh, it just Don't. didn't work out. Uh, baby's been sick since I've been here. Oh, and uh, believe it or not, it's I don't know why I had it in my head that somehow a baby germ was not going to affect
1: an adult all that much. Oh my God. It's worse. Dude, it's way worse. It's worse. They have no no immune system. So anything that gets through is like, or wait, do they have no immune system or do they have a really strong immune system? I can't remember. No, they have, they have no
0: immune system. So I thought any, any little bug that they get, if I get it, no, no problem.
1: Right. Anything hit me. Oh my God. It hit me like a ton of bricks, dude. I've gotten – I got my uh, – I got a little cousin. She's two, and she's gotten me sick numerous times. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, snot in the nose, like, running down the mouth 24-7. It's just like Const- – What? What's Constantly. Going, what's going on here? Like, the, don't you get help? Like, do you have a dry season on your nose, or is it just always, you know? Never, man. I mean, in the,
0: the daycare. She's in the daycare
1: for five days out of the
0: week, and, of course, somebody's sick all the time.
1: You know so. what's crazy? Yeah sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that was it. You know what's crazy? is people complain about that and they gripe, but public school and daycare is probably the thing that has strengthened our immune system, you know, because we're not out foraging for food. We're not out uh, (laughs) hunting and gathering. So being around other sick people is probably like a saving grace. Like it probably stopped a, a COVID or an Ebola from happening. Like, you know,
2: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, did you
0: ever see that uh, that George Carlin bit where he's talking about where he got his immune system swimming in the Hudson with like real human feces? Oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) oh, saying this is how we gained our immune system.
1: Oh, I'll have to go look that up. That's disgusting. The word Uh, "feces" is maybe the most disgusting word in the English language.
0: I can think of a couple, but yeah, feces is up there, man. Don't say it. We don't need to go any. It's
2: more <laughs> disgusting.
1: <laughs> the most the most disgusting word that's going to be said on my not explicit podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go there today. So, so what are you doing? Are you doing uh, anything for work? You just living? What's what's the deal? Uh, just on vacation right now. I actually started okay. up a mobile car
0: detailing business out in Bend, Oregon. Okay. Um, moved out there. What's it called? It comes with a story. So Bubbles Detailing, and don't laugh, because uh, my nephews, bless their hearts, still don't know what my actual name is, and they don't really have a concept of uncles and aunts yet. Um, So they just call me Bubbles. I say, all right, well, I'll name it after that, I
2: suppose. Okay. (laughs)
0: Um, You know,
1: they won't realize it now, but hopefully later they'll get the nod and appreciate it. So. That's amazing, man. So, anybody in the Bend, Oregon area that needs their car detailed, go check out Bubbles. Is there Bubbles, is, Bubbles yeah.
0: Detailing LLC? Yep, we've got a Instagram, Facebook is up. I've got business cards. You let me know.
1: Oh my god! Hit gosh. me up. Yeah, hit them up. Hit Evan Munn up on Instagram. That's amazing. Um, that's crazy, man. I didn't know you had a. I didn't know you had a business. How's it been going? How do you like it? Well, we're
0: just starting. We're just getting off the ground. Obviously, it's just me. Um,
1: that was an and you didn't have to tell anybody
0: that? <laughs> well, it's just me right now. So oh, okay. Well, just, now it's obvious. Yeah, we're just getting off the ground. Um, it's been interesting. I did not study business in college. Um, so I'm, I'm literally starting from zero. So I don't know anything. I don't know how to do most of it. And it's been a lot of trial and error yeah um uh, just recently i discovered you have to open up a business account because you can't just have somebody write a check to you because that's embezzlement and uh so yeah. we've we've managed to get through that taught myself at a bookkeep um marketing is its whole other it's it's a whole another game Whole just world of challenges that um not my forte, not my strong suit, but it's uh it's been good. It's been a lot of growth. Um just personal growth and it's when I'm actually doing the work, it's been a lot of time um just in my thoughts and and processing, which has been great. That's the part that's the part I enjoy.
1: Gotcha. How's the how's the faith life going good? It's you, awesome, man. You still believe in Jesus or did you turn away? What what's the deal? Oh Oh man,
0: I believe in Jesus. So one of the cool things—I don't know if you got to see it on my Instagram.
1: I haven't been on Instagram in months. uh My girlfriend runs that whole thing now. Hey, there you go. Time to delegate. Yeah, I—I I was like, I'm spending too much time on this. It's not doing anything. Now, pretty soon, I'm good. I'm glad that I have the excuse that I work. Um, i work on YouTube. So I can still mm-hmm. maintain watching YouTube videos, but eventually that's probably going to end yeah. up going too. <laughs> <She's>, she, <yeah. laughs> well, you got to keep one vice at least, right? All right, I got to
0: be tied down to something, but yeah. Um, no, but the faith, the faith walks great, man. I actually, I had the privilege of baptizing my mom. Oh, my uh, gosh, that's awesome. Not, not today, but last weekend. Um, what a special moment. It was, that's it so was cool. it just, yeah, it was kind of the icing on the cake for me. Um, you know you know you go you go through big times like that where you see somebody super close to you getting baptized and it just kind of rekindles the fire
2: yeah
0: um so it's it's been phenomenal i think bend is interesting because you know i stepped away from gray city and corvallis where the community was so tight-knit and strong yeah Yeah. um and yeah exactly you were right there with me so stepping out of that And knowing God called me to a place, but also prepared me um, for the lonely season of Mm -hmm. developing a community, um, finding new ways to minister. Um, I have no shame in saying I I believe God called me out to bend to plant a church. And that's that's every part of what I intend to do. And that's, again, had its own challenges. Um, You can't just start something from the ground up. And think everything's going to be smooth sailing because it's not. Um, but slowly but surely, I've started to find some more community out there, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: So, are you trying to be a pastor? Is that is that the goal? You, you're oh you, man. You said you want to plan it, or you feel like God's calling you to plant a church. Are you thinking like you're going to pastor it, or just help be part of the development? I want to be part of the development. I think
0: um, you know. I think anybody can be a preacher. I don't think anybody can be a pastor. Mm. Um, I think there's a, there's a big difference. Anybody can get up and
1: preach on Sunday. What do you, what, um, do, you, what do you mean by that? Explain. Man. Don't, don't just throw <laughs> the listeners in a loop with a, anybody can be a preacher. Not everybody can be a pastor. Tell, right. me, tell us what you mean. Elaborate a little bit. Don't just, don't just throw stuff out. Defend
0: yourself. So like this last year at Grace City, I obviously got to, I got to do the internship. Right. Um, in the church so i was working with the campus ministers you know full-time vocational uh, missionaries Mm -hmm. and working under you know seth trimmer world-renowned pastor Um, and seeing what he does on a day-to-day basis and what it truly means to pastor a church right um i i can't help but just tip my hat to him and go thank god you're here because I couldn't do it. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: nice. just not equipped uh, to do and lead a church. Um, I think it's a, it takes a very special person to build and lead a church, lead a body of staff that are all moving towards the same direction and in discipleship. And um, I just think that role as a pastor, it runs a lot deeper than people probably realize.
2: Yeah, it's definitely. not
0: just getting up on a Sunday and preaching a message and then everything else takes care of itself. That's just not the reality. So that's what I say, you know, that's what I mean when I say anybody can preach because everybody's got something that they believe in and something that they're passionate about. And um, hopefully God's put a word on their heart that they've shared and, um, you know, spoke a lot of truth and goodness into the world. But does that mean you can pastor a church? Maybe, maybe not.
1: Yeah. So it's like when, uh, I, and I'm sure you saw this a lot, but I, I always remember like the, uh, the trainers for not like personal trainers, but the actual trainers, the medical staff for, mm-hmm. uh, athletics would always say, cause they, there's like that misconception that all they do is just take people's ankles and stuff Right? And be like, that's yeah. like not even a percent of, of what we do, but that's all that gets seen it's exactly. the the pastor Like, um, Uh, you know, I work very closely with Seth too. Um, and people assume that, Oh, he just speaks on Sunday. Like I could, I could do that. I'm a good speaker. And then, and he would be like, Oh, you, you can take my job if you want. Like, cause it, not (laughs) not to say like, I don't want my job, but it very much, and this isn't just Seth, this is a lot of preachers, but Mm -hmm. it very much can, um, eat at your soul. Because absolutely you, it almost like almost like uh I mean you're basically in the military for spiritual warfare. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So even
0: even just being in the internship, I think you kind of you, you got a taste of what that battlefield looks like. Yeah. Um it's like it's like in, being sorry. It is you're just in the trenches. You're oh, yeah. in the trenches. All the time, um, and you you're wonder in the how, and you're the general. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you wonder how people can just live in that, right. um, and and find fruit in that. And I think that's that's what one of the cool parts of the internship was, is um, helping create disciples, living in the trenches, living in that, but still finding fruit through those situations. Right. Um, I know for me, it taught me how to find peace in in those really stormy seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> right when you start getting comfortable and you start thinking, "Oh, okay, everything's going to be fine," it's like, oh, "Well, that's that's when things start to kick up, and that's when things really start getting kind of ugly." And right. um, I think one of the misconceptions in the secular world is, uh, you know, the churches have this glistening thing about them it's like dude churches are messy Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and probably even more so because nothing's hidden
1: you can't hide in the church well it's the secular world has no standard right right but they can throw our own standard at us and when we don't meet it it's like see see you're not living up to your own standard and it Mm -hmm. would be so easy and so satisfying at times to just be like you have no standard like shut up like, sorry, I missed the <laughs> bar on a perfect standard. Like, at least I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, are, what are you talking about? Like, you're over here, like, you've got three wives, 18 marriages. Like, you've aborted 100 babies. Like, you're okay with whatever. Like, don't tell me about my standard. But that's, I mean, that's just part of being a Christian. Like, it's just, it, you're called to a higher standard. And, um, you know, somebody cheats on their wife, the, the world doesn't care. A pastor cheats on their wife? It's all over, you know, everywhere.
0: Yeah. Spotlights on, man. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a tough one. I I think the best way you know you can look at that is you know, let's let's look at Proverbs, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love I love the oh I'm just trying to find my Proverbs 31 girl, but we forgot to read chapters one through thirty.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> it's like you right. and also one through thirty talks about the perfect man, which doesn't exist and chapter 31 talks about the perfect woman who also doesn't exist um, so <laughs> it's right. just i love i it, the double standard is it, it can be a little bit ironic sometimes
1: there is such a double. it's like i'm looking for the you know it, it's like i i don't know how many people i've talked to or i've met or i've just engaged with i, I think i saw it a lot when i was driving for uber late at night but they're like, yeah, man, I just want a good girl. Like, you know, maybe a virgin probably like goes to church. I'm like, Oh, are you a virgin? Do you go to church? Like, heck no, man. Like I'm about to go get some, some tonight. And it's like, how do you expect to get that? How do you expect to get a 10 on looks, a 10 on personality and you're a, like a five on both, you know, like, or it, it just doesn't, but, and it's completely controllable. It's not like you're, it's not like you're, um, you know, it's not like something that's out of your control. It's like, you you can't live a lifestyle and then expect to get a different result than what is, you know what I mean? Like you can't. Yeah, absolutely. And you you know, what's funny
0: about that, what makes me think about what this makes me think about is, you know, as Christ believers, we wake up fresh every single day. You know, we are called to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and be renewed every single day. Right. Um, you know you talk about having a past and all these things it's like yeah you get to have a past but at any point um, you get to wake up and, and you're refreshed and you're forgiven
2: right. and
0: I think that's a really special thing and something that that gets left out not as an excuse to just do whatever you're going to do on Saturday and rock up on Sunday and go well I'm I'm good yeah. um, but with the attitude of you know what I actually want to carry change and I want to continue this change and break these generational chains that are, that are holding me down um, so that I can have these expectations, right. you know, you, you, you don't get to have standards that are, you know, perfect yet yours are six feet under, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's again, that's that double standard um, that I think is so easy to get sucked <laughs> into, but you know, that's just the good news of the gospel, man. You, you get renewed every day and, and that's a special thing um but that carries a, a big weight and a big responsibility to uphold those standards
1: right yeah and the cool thing about the gospel too is as far as i know christianity is the only religion that you could join today die and be with god for eternity i think every single religion on earth also like has some kind of like preliminary process you know like some kind of breeding ground um so just knowing sure. like not only can you be renewed every day but anybody can be renewed on a daily basis too you know it, it it just takes one decision of repentance to um to be in proximity with god to have a relationship with him absolutely speaking of relationships with god i want to get into this because obviously and and you you've been very open about your testimony yeah absolutely and um and i want you to just share it is okay. there anything we should know beforehand, like, before you start talking about it? Because I'm pretty sure that this is going to be um, you mostly speaking. Is there anything, like, leading?
0: Yeah. To- yeah. Um, I, I just want – just a, as a warning shot, there's probably going to be some trigger words that are that are used. Oh, no. Um, Not specifically.
1: Trigger words on my podcast? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Have you seen Roberts. the people I've had on my podcast? <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, I just, I got to be careful. I, I spent so much time um, right. specifically in the mental health realm, that I, I want to make sure that that disclaimer is thrown out there beforehand. Right. Um, you know, because when you're talking about testimonies, you, you kind of want to get into the nitty gritties, right? So yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just with that disclaimer out there, there's, there's going to be some trigger words, um, you know, suicide and depression are, are one of those big ones. Um, so if, if that's something that, that is going to trigger you as you're, as you're watching this, I advise you to maybe turn away for a little bit or skip past it, but also highly encourage you to, uh, to stick through it just because I've, one, have been trained to talk about this in a healthy way, mm-hmm. um, in a beneficial way. I worked with a mental health campaign at Oregon State called Damn Worth It, um, okay. that, that specialized in,
1: in opening up about stories and doing it in a very safe way. So. Right. And I just want to say beforehand, before you get into your testimony, because I don't really know if I should ask any questions. I think it's just more like it's just better if we hear your testimony, because I think (laughs) that's what Seth did when you talked. Maybe he has some questions Mm here and there. And if I see anywhere to interject and ask questions. But I just want to say your story is one. And and it's, you know, obviously you're okay with it, but it's one I Mm -hmm. tell people all the time. Like I'm like, I know somebody. That God literally sent a text message on His behalf, and you know, obviously, mm-hmm. we didn't get into that. But yours is a testimony of hope, um, God's grace, mm-hmm. and um, God's faithfulness. I just want to ask, real quick, before we get into the testimony, how do you deal with the question? And I don't know if you've ever dealt with this: of why you is that ever come up? Like, why did why did God help save you, but not? fill in the blank why did God help save you but not my fill in the blank Has that ever come up that's
0: a great question and it is it is one that has come up uh most specifically it's a question that I have asked myself Mm. um and that that has been an entire walk in and of itself of coming to a place where I can reconcile why me Mm. why am I that important okay. um, because I believed for so long that I wasn't right. um, and the thought for a very long time I'm expendable um, not only am I expendable I don't matter
2: right.
0: um, <clears throat> and I lived in that lie for a long time which you know as a Christian you, you look at that verbiage in that language and you go I know exactly where this is coming from now but back right. then I just thought that was truth and that was reality so mm-hmm. um yeah I have been asked that I don't feel like I said it's been a long walk so I've, I've kind of reconciled that within my own brain and I think when I get asked that I just realize um, I have a story like everybody else right. that is meant to help people, um, I don't think anybody's story is ever just for them.
2: Right.
0: I think the second you start believing that this story is just for you, you're looking at pride. Um, and to me, the opposite of love is not hate; it's pride. Mm. Um, and so, <clears throat> I don't I don't feel negatively towards that because I do know my purpose and I do know why and how I got here, um, and, and
1: what this story is intended for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, okay. So if you want to get into it, man, I'll, um, I'll turn my mic off and just let you. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess my story
0: really begins, you know, like everybody else in, in childhood, um, my father was an alcoholic um was pretty much out of the house and separated from us um I would say probably about six or seven years old maybe maybe even closer to eight years old um and my mom was you know figuring stuff out on us on her own and trying to raise two kids. So I have an older sister who's five years older than me um, she's doing it on her own, and I think as an eight year old Boy, being raised in a house with two women, um, you start to, you're kind of in a predicament, right? Like you're too young to kind of be the man of the house, but you're also kind of being shepherded into that position um, because you need to be. So started there, um, got involved in soccer, right around nine years old. Obviously that took off pretty well ended up making the Sounders Academy um, when I was 14 and excelled through that. Um, never knew God at this point. I think it would, I had had conversations, but really it was around 13, 14, 15, that those like pivotal years of trying to find your identity. Um, I found my identity in, in a sport, in soccer, and was good at it, excelled in it, became a leader, um, on most teams that I was on. And that, that's where my comfort was. You know, I, I had no comp, I had, I had no problem telling people that every time I stopped, stepped on the soccer field, I, it was my escape. It was my release from reality, release from everything that was going on. Everything just kind of shut off and I could just play the game. And that works really, really well um, for a while. So I started, ended up having a pretty rocky uh, relationship with my mom, and we've since talked about it and reconciled that relationship too, but I ended up leaving the house um, and dropping out of high school when I was 17, just due to, at the time, um, not being able to reconcile differences and how we saw things and where I was being led to. So... Here I am, 17, living in my car, already battling these mental health issues that I didn't realize were kind of boiling up and had a choice to make. Um, I'll never forget, I spent my 18th birthday in my car, looked in the mirror and said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but you will graduate college. You will go to college and you will graduate. Um, And I think as a side note, you know, as a young man, that's really important. Um, I just read in John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart, I'm looking at it right now, um, how important it is to make a promise to yourself as a young man and, and follow through with that promise. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really sets the trajectory of your life. And so I I look back and see that as a really pivotal moment, but I also see where god was speaking into me in that moment without me realizing who was speaking that into Um, so ended up getting a job dropped out of high school like i said kind of had to figure out what was next um for a couple months stayed fit ended up getting taken under uh the sounders u23 program which is essentially a, a summer program for college athletes college soccer players that need to play somewhere in the summer but not lose any eligibility um, and train in a professional environment. Um, So played there uh, for the summer, still didn't have a college to go to. And luckily the assistant coach on that team for the Sounders was the athletic director at Tacoma Community College. So I got hooked up with him. He said, hey, I've actually got this really great program for you. we will get your high school diploma sorted out. You'll also get your AA degree and you can go to college for free. I said, done, signed, did what I needed to do. Uh, But the days for that was pretty, those were tough, man, because I was living at my girlfriend's house at the time, which was also a really rocky um, household situation. Mm
2: -hmm. And the
0: details for that, just out of her privacy, I won't get into, but um, we, what my day ended up looking like was I'd wake up around six, try to get out of the house by seven, get up to Tacoma from Olympia, um, during rush hour while everybody's trying to get to work, try to get there by eight, eight thirty. 30, um, being class from about nine till about noon, sometimes one, maybe get a nap in, maybe get some studying in and then hit training by 2.30, get done at 4.30, and try to book it back down to Olympia again during rush hour and um, try to make work by 5.30. I would work 5.30 to midnight, sometimes 1 o'clock, depending on on the day, depending on the week. So not a whole lot of time um, to address anything. Um, I think I speak in my testimony when I, when I spoke uh, at the church, the amount of times people ask me, Hey, are you okay? And I go, don't ask me that. I don't have time for that. Um, There's a lot. And and basically two years of doing that same thing over and over and over again, every single day, you become pretty numb. Um, I had everything I needed, but I was just surviving. And Again, still at this point, I was full blown atheist. Yeah, I was there's no God, there's no, no, you just live your life. I remember having the attitude of I don't need a religion to be an excuse to just be a good person. So, okay,
1: (laughs) two things um, one. We're gonna, I don't have uh Zoom Pro. I don't know if you can see the timer up top, but we've got about seven minutes. And then okay. we'll have to, all, all you'll do is just go back and uh, join the same meeting. So it's super mm-hmm. easy, we just gotta exit out. But for some reason, Zoom has decided to make it a subscription. But two, um, and I've heard a lot of atheists say this. Did you, you, so you just saw, you just, you didn't see religion as a, re- or faith as a, any kind of relationship with God You saw it strictly from a materialistic, like, I don't need religion as a moral crutch to be good. I can be good on my own. I I don't think I can
0: put that any better. I think that's exactly where my mindset was.
1: Yeah. Which is is funny because in order to do that, you have to steal from God's standard to even have any kind of standard, right? So it's Well,
0: (laughs) yeah. Isn't that the beautiful, the ignorance of, a, of, of an atheist? It's um,
1: very paradoxical. It's like, okay, well, what is, like, what is a good person? Well, somebody does this, 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 and this. Okay, but why? Well,
0: and unfortunately, like so many um, young Christians today who ended up getting hurt by the church, What I saw where, you know, Christians that, oh, I'm better than you because I'm a Christian, it's like, well, but you're living like a jerk. Yeah. Like you're, you're not a good person. Right. Um, so yeah. I had that too. And you know, I just had that, that, that chip on your shoulder mentality of get out of here. Like you're not any better. than me. So. I
1: think those people have just as much of a conversation to be had with God in a lot of instances as the atheists do. Um, Absolutely. But okay. So continue your story. We got about five minutes and then we're just going to have to
2: yeah that's no problem
0: um so i got had had a little bit of really i'd say a little bit but i I'd, had a good good amount of success at tcc um won mvp for that year um that second year at tcc we won the the nwac um in the northwest with a team that really had no business being there um and got some offers man i mean i ended up getting an offer to um, University of New Mexico that I decided to jump on and thought I was ready for. And <clears throat> unfortunately this summer going into New Mexico, I ended up blowing out four out of the five ligaments in my right knee. Oh, and that was, that was really my first moment of, I don't have an identity anymore and this is a problem. No. I could live without all the other stuff. But now I don't have soccer. And that's where I went, uh-oh.
1: Yeah. I literally just had my brother on my podcast, and he had the exact same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. He wasn't an atheist ever by any means. But um, I think this last year really showed him, like, what do I put my identity in? Because the year before, like, obviously this year, California has just been shut down egregiously. Uh, The year before last, there was a recruiting scandal, so their team got pulled out of playoffs, and they – had a chance to win state and then he's had to give up two sports wrestling and baseball because of knee injuries so
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, very similar were you a goalie were you always a goalie
0: I was yeah Um, yeah goalkeeper through and through Uh, goalkeeper chose me I did not choose it that's (laughs) typically how goalkeeping goes I was gonna say is it kind Uh, of a punter like it just you exactly out for a receiver and they're like go kick the ball buddy <laughs> and you just happen to be real good at it yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> there's something missing there's I don't know there's just a, a sense of self-preservation that oh, is just missing in my brain um so I figured you know what this is my way to get to where I want to go I guess I'll just have to ride this train and see how far it takes me right um so yeah it, you know I. That was that was a really shaking time. I had, I had was blessed enough to get my uh, knee surgery and everything covered by the Sounders, and they took really really great care of me. And I have always off. Just a shout out to Darren Sulatsky, who was my head coach at the time. I mean, he just he took care of me. He showed That's me what um, loving somebody was all about, and what he's really kind of my model of what a man looks like. That's awesome. You know, to a fault, he will do the right thing, even if oh. it means he has to suffer for it. And I think that's that's just a true testament to his character and something that I've always tried to emulate, not only just soccer but in life. Um, so a really special guy for me. Because it was a tw-
1: Thank you for reminding me to record. <laughs> <laughs> Go through the rest of the podcast without.
0: <laughs> I know I was like, it could be a nightmare. Oh, dude, that's that yeah. good. <laughs> It was a it was a really good first half of a testimony, man. That was awesome.
2: <laughs> I got okay,
0: I
1: got a funny story because it kind of goes into that, but you know how like every play has an intermission?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I went to a play when I was oh, probably like 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what an intermission was. So and it's like a murder <laughs> mystery play. <And> so, <laughs> So like you're just like who did it? Like what's going on? It's basically like Clue, but it was like a high school yeah. performance, and yeah. and I was going because my grandpa was playing in it. Uh, he was doing the piano, and my dad just dropped me off or whatever. And I the intermission starts and I have no clue what that is. No, I've got no adult with me. I'm just by myself. And I'm like, well, that's a weird way to end a play. Like who the heck killed everybody? Like there's still like five <laughs> people alive and nobody nobody knows who. And it just ended on, like, this huge cliffhanger. And so I I leave, and my dad's like, how was it? I'm like, it was good, but, like, they ended it in a really weird spot. I I was like, what was the deal? I was like, what was the deal? I like the play, but what was the deal? Like, why did they end it so weird? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we never found out who killed everyone, and it just ended with, like, these two people talking. He's like, that was the intermission. I was like, oh, like, no. He's like, it's halftime place. So I was like,
2: yeah, there you go. Oh.
0: I was, so. why is it why is it not called halftime like everything else?
2: Right. Oh man, that's funny.
0: Um
1: well good. Good intermission. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, right. We're back. So go ahead. You were talking about your coach at the Saunders. Am I saying that right? Saunders S O N? Saunders. Saunders. Sounders. 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 Okay. Seattle
0: Sounders. Yes, if tree sir. Three
1: falls in the forest. Does it make a sound?
0: Uh, they make sure it happens because we beat the Timbers every chance we get. That, that's for anybody who knows what the Seattle-Portland rivalry is like. I, yeah, I get
1: it. I get <laughs> yeah, it. I know. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, um, let's move on. Anyways, back
0: into.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I brought you out here to talk about your faith and your testimony. You know
0: what, man? This is how. This is how I felt every conversation talking to a Midwestern out here. They're like, soccer, huh? You ever think about kicking a football? <laughs> I'm just like, come on, man. You think about, about wrestling? No. Yeah, of course, of course, I thought about kicking a football, but <clears throat> so, anyways, back to uh, back to soccer, man. Yeah, so it, you know, I, I went through the injury, um. Had no idea what I was going to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, New Mexico, I ended up going out to New Mexico, injured, still on crutches at the time. Um, and really, this is my first opportunity of being completely by myself, um, you know, living on my own, making sure I've got my own means. I'm not in somebody's house being taken care of in that capacity, but um it was, it was a difficult time man it was it was a time that i wasn't ready for um, i think i needed to be in that time i think i needed to spend a year where i was deeply uncomfortable um did i need to make all the decisions i did no um you know got involved in in drugs and alcohol and partying away and just doing kind of the the freshman first year at college um thing that a lot of a lot of people get sucked into but um man, I had nothing I had a couple guys that I got pretty close to kind of got a taste of what community was like um but at the end of the day I'm, I'm just still surviving and not in an environment that was conducive to me getting to where I needed to go you know uh spiritually or in any capacity really um, so went through the year, went back to play in Seattle, um, that following summer, went back to New Mexico, fully expecting to start and play and, and finish out my college career there after doing my red shirt. And we got called into the, uh, to our, our meeting room the day before official practices started. The athletic director is in the room, which is never a good thing.
1: No, nope, nope, um, I, I know where <laughs> this is going.
0: Yeah, and, and basically we, we got a new athletic director. Guy got handed a grenade with the pin pulled out um, just in terms of budgeting at, at the athletic department and everything, and just sat us down and said, thank you guys very much. Um, This is the last season you guys will have. We're cutting the men's soccer program after this. You're welcome to stay. We'll honor your scholarships. Um, But this will be your last season. Best of luck to you guys. So we're all sitting in this room together. You know, a year of college team adversity, which, you know, being in those situations, stuff comes up. Um, And you you start to build off of that camaraderie that you know it could have been the dumbest thing but if it's adversity that this team had to get through um you kind of rally together and get stronger from it right yeah so now we're just like well what's the point what do we do um i was lucky and left the meeting room immediately picked up my phone called my guy darren and said dude they just cut the program what am i gonna do he said, uh, just, just give me an hour. I'll call you back in an hour. I said, okay, no problem. So we and go home. Who's Darren? Darren. Darren's the, uh, my Sounders guy, the head coach that okay. I was talking okay. about. Okay. Um, calls me up, and he just says, hey, uh, do you remember Terry Boss? And I go, Terry Boss? Like, uh, old Sounders goalkeeper, Terry Boss? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, what about him? Like, it, it, what does he have to do with any?" He said, he's – coaching at Oregon State now. Um, I just talked to him. He says he needs a goalkeeper. Uh, Are you willing to go? I don't know how much money he has, but would you be willing to go? I said, yeah, just give me his number. I I remember Terry. I remember playing with Terry. I mean, I trained with this guy when he was a pro, so um, got on the phone with Terry. He's like, how are you doing, man? I was like, I'm good. Um, I'm going to go in and talk to this coach real quick and see if I can't pull some more scholarship money because we have guys that have already left and I'll stay a year if he offers me a full but other than that I mean I'm pretty much ready to go with whatever you have to offer Um, you know went into the meeting room and spoke to the coach at New Mexico for a little bit and after about 10 minutes picked up my phone right in front of him called Terry and said Terry I'm on my way shut the phone Packed up my bag and left within 30 minutes of having that meeting. Drove the 22, however many hours, straight to Corvallis. Um, All my stuff in my car. Uh, I don't know if you remember that little black Toyota Solara Mm -hmm. 2004, but she's a beauty. She made it. Um, Rocked up to the training field. They They were practicing at Oregon State when I got there and uh i'll never forget this moment because it was huge it was uh i went straight onto the training field i don't know if it was the 22 hours of straight driving or what but essentially i'd went well i gotta train (laughs) i'm here to play i'm a soccer player (laughs) this is i've you know i've been surviving for the last four years so this is what i'm prepared for um terry looks at me and he goes that's great i'm I don't know how you got here so quick. I, was like, I drove 22 hours straight, you know, practically drooling and asleep at this point. And he said, go home. I said, what do you mean? I can go home?
1: He said, yes, go take a nap. Call me your, later. Where was your home at at this point?
0: At this point, I was living with uh, Hassani Dotson, who's going to come in to play. Um, he, was, he was the one that received the text. Um, okay,
1: but so he's going like, to come into play. So you, so you had a place to stay there. You didn't just drive and mm-hmm. say I'm going to live in my car.
0: No, no, no. I had I had sorted all that out because you know I had 22 hours to figure it out on a car ride. So <laughs> how would you
1: figure that out? In 22, like you knew people at Oregon State, I guess, just from soccer. Well, stuff. so I knew
0: I knew Hassani, um, who's who's having a, a great MLS career um, in Minnesota right now. And he's actually got a baby on the way, which is awesome. Oh, wow. Um, but I had known Hassani because I actually played for his dad when I was like 12. Oh, geez. So I grew up playing with Hassani. I, I knew him very well. Um, and he said, hey, like, yeah, we've, we've got room for you. Um, unfortunately, it's just the garage at this point, but we can make it homey for you. And, um, you know, you're welcome to crash on the couch until you get a bed.
1: Right.
0: Uh, like, Sweet. Cool. Take it. So I rock up. Um, nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew I was coming. Um, but Terry knew he saw me was surprised and just said, go home. And that was the first time in the last probably four years where I went, somebody cares about me. I'm safe and I'm cared for right now. Um, and that was really huge. So I go home, get cleared, start training really well. Um, kind of get introduced with the guys, but I kind of have this like mask on, this chip on my shoulder of like, I've gotta perform. I'm the new guy, nobody knows I'm here. Um, nobody needs to know my background at all.
2: Right.
0: So I'd shoot down any sort of get to know you questions or anything like that. Um, if you ask anybody who first met me that year, you're like, this guy was a Jerk, like yeah. we hated this guy, right? Um, and you know, I think you've you've gotten to know me pretty well, and you know, like that's that's just not me. I love loving on people. I can, I can, just, I can <laughs> do a dig, so dig here and there, but I'm you know, it's all out
1: of love, you know. No, you're you're an amazing human being, Evan. Don't uh-huh. let anybody tell you otherwise, unless you're not being an amazing human being.
0: In in which case, then it's it's good to listen.
1: But yeah. um in which case, listen <laughs> to. Them.
0: Didn't let them tell you otherwise. I know I contradicted um,
1: myself there, but continue.
0: That's okay. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I digress.
2: <laughs>
0: so I, uh, yeah, everybody just thought I was kind of a jerk. I was shutting everybody out, but I had Terry. that kind of understood the story, understood. And I remember he was actually the first person that asked me about, uh, um, God, which I, I've always really appreciated Oregon state about. They, uh, they're really big on accepting all faiths, but Terry's never going to hide the fact that this team is mostly Christian. Yeah, um, and that's where we find a lot of our strengths and a lot of our core values from. You don't have to agree with it; you don't have to be a Christian to be on this team. But <clears throat> the coaching staff are Christian, and that was that was really important to me. Right, um, or it is really important to me now. It wasn't then. Um, I just said I don't believe in anything, so. You know, you're probably not going to reach me on that, but I'm here for it. I'm a competitor. I, I love this game, and um, we just kind of worked from there. Well, that was all fine and dandy, but because I was so closed off and suddenly in an environment where I wasn't surviving anymore and I could actually just relax and be myself is when, as a Christian, you look at that situation and you go, that's where the enemy sees you the most and will try to um, exploit you in every possible way that you can be exploited. Um, I didn't know at the time, but later I had gotten diagnosed with PTSD and severe manic depression. Um, And I was living in that for years, but it all kind of unraveled when I was in this safe environment. Um, I would go and train in the morning and then immediately get home not even eat and go straight to bed because for me all i believed i deserved was to be in the dark i didn't deserve love i didn't deserve care i didn't want to extend myself out out of fear um out of just not even willing to to connect with somebody and and be understood because it was like it's not it's not worth my time um i'm not loved uh, i'm not able to receive that. unable am to give out, but I can't receive. Um, which is something to this day I still have a hard time walking through, but <clears throat> uh, that went on probably about a month and a half of, of just that. Every single day, wake up, go to training, either train well or train really crappy depending on the day, and go to bed. Not sleep, wake up, do the same thing. When finally it was just done. Was it that done?
1: Was, obviously go ahead? Well, this is gonna sound like a stupid question, but um it was just the frustration of not having any type of way out, like not having any hope. Is that mm. kind of where you're feeling like
0: I would go past that. Okay. There when you're depressed, when you're that depressed, yeah, it's not frustration is that's like that's nothing compared to what that is it's complete yeah. and utter numbness yeah. you are numb to everything you can't no. even muster up i I'll, i remember staring at a pack of gum for three hours in my bed knowing if for like two of those hours i had to pee like i couldn't get myself to get up and go pee oh my that's how bad it was um and it's really hard to explain that if you haven't experienced it yourself right because to somebody who's never experienced depression you're just, just get up you have to pee it's like dude i physically could not muster up any mental capacity to get up and go to the bathroom
1: now i'm sure you've dealt with depression sense right that doesn't just go away or did god completely take depression away from you
2: uh no
0: that that's not how it works uh depression definitely is for me i found out it was hereditary um i I know that's normally
1: not how it works i was just i I didn't know i didn't want to assume or anything like that
0: no not at all i don't and i don't think that's a dumb question i think any question is valid well i have a follow. Um,
1: there's a follow-up question okay um so elaborate on the difference between being depressed as a Christian and being depressed as a, um, as an atheist, because I would imagine, I would imagine the circumstances and the feelings and the situation is a lot different, or am I wrong? Does it still feel the same? Oh man. Um, cause I've only ever had depression as a Christian. Like I, I've never mm-hmm. felt any type of suicide, even though I've had very, um, high levels of depression at times uh about once a month i probably get to a point where i'm just like man this is not like for whatever reason it's just i don't feel yeah. um yeah. I, I don't want to get into detail on it because it probably pales in comparison to what you've been through but um but it's never been lack of desire to live does that make sense like i've never been suicidal or anything like that so yeah uh, but go ahead um I, and then finish your testimony obviously but no i think i think that's man that's a great
0: question um as an atheist you're much more susceptible to not see a point to not Mm -hmm. see hope right um so you really don't have the safety net of but god has called me to this um you also don't have the safety net of it's not mine to take in terms of being suicidal um it's 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 different because I think as a Christian it brings you new hope and new life in every situation regardless of how low it is I think what it and I'll get into this but I think my actually my most depressed time was after I came to Christ Mm -hmm. Um, there was a season after I had accepted Jesus in my life that following spring where I was by far and away more depressed than I was in that suicidal time. But what I didn't have as an atheist was a hope and a, anything to rejoice in. Mm. I had this facade that like this lie that was being fed into me that there was just nothing. Right. Um, so I, I think that's a really great question. And I think that actually is a huge testimony to um, exactly what God did to me in that time.
2: Okay.
0: Um, So essentially, what happened was I I got to a point kind of midway through the season where I went. This is I just woke up that day and said, "This is the last time I'm going to play soccer. This is it. There's no point anymore. I'm not." able to receive love I'm not built for it I I distinctly remember that night writing in my I wrote a letter but I wrote it on my phone um, thinking I wasn't writing to anybody because he was going to read it I just was like well this is what I'm supposed to do so Um, and I remember writing I don't know what existence I was meant to be a part of but I know this one isn't it um, and I remember finishing that, putting it down and picking up what was going to be it for me. Um, and as I'm in the process of, of ending my life, um, I see my roommate, Hassani coming around the corner and he stops me and saves me and, um, says, what's going on, dude? And, man, I, I got your text what are you doing? And I said, what text? Um, he had had a text sent from me on his phone, but not on my phone. Can you come help me, please? Um, when he showed me that text and showed, that I showed him my phone, like it wasn't on there.
2: And he
1: could I didn't attest to that him. too?
0: Yeah, and I did not send him that text. Um that's crazy, and I think, as an atheist, I like think Seth said it best that's really irritating like it's really irritating to your entire theological understanding and just reality well it, it
1: pretty it, it pretty much disproves everything you've lived your life believing absolutely I mean because how, I mean, how, that... how could it not like if that happens to you and you don 't believe in anything that's not material how how could you mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be like if you didn't believe in aliens and you dedicated your life to that and then you see an alien and you're like, well, yeah,
0: it, that's did, exactly what it is, man. It's that, <clears throat> it's, it is that stark of an interruption um, to what, what I believed in. Yeah, I've been able to explain everything that's ever happened in my life. You know, I had a good bit of um, psychology, just understanding and education right. and going, nah, I can explain this and this and this and this. Manic depression has a way of altering your reality but it does not alter your memory Mm. of very specific situations. It can, um, but checking back on it and realizing that's exactly what happened, um, it causes me as an atheist to go, maybe I don't have all the answers. (laughs) Maybe I I was wrong. Um, and that's a really irritating thing as an atheist to say. Um, so the following days, I mean, so the the next day I ended up going to the hospital. Um, ended up calling my athletic trainer, uh, Christy, who (laughs) we're very close now. Um, I know her kids and her husband, like we're, we just got super close to the situation. And she just sat with me in the hospital and Um, just was understanding but the bigger thing I mean she was kind of my every single day like support system Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll never forget also Terry came to the hospital scared shaking crying and you met Terry like that's Mm -hmm. he looks like he's never shed a tear in his life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I know he has, and I know this he's a great guy, um, but, you know, you look at Terry and you just go, oh, that's a man's man. Like, he's huh.
1: never – I'll describe you know. Terry. He looks like a civilized Viking. Absolutely. Like, he, he's got no – he doesn't have a beard, I don't think, does he? Does he have a beard now? Nope.
2: No, yeah, I he does not have a. That, no.
1: He doesn't have a beard, but you can definitely tell, like, he's Norwegian to some degree because his brother's in the NFL, right? He's got a brother in the NFL. Yeah, his
0: brother's got a Super Bowl ring. He went out with the Giants.
1: Yeah. Um, um, and he's tall, anyway. like lean guy. But yeah, he he looks like a civilized yeah. Viking, if I could describe yeah. him. He he he's a modern day savage, is what he is. <laughs> um, but
0: really caring guy, and he just showed up, and he didn't have to. Right. You know, I it was it was a huge testimony to him because he was uh you know a huge testament to his character. He didn't have to show up. He didn't have to say, "I got you," like we will take care of this. And as he may have never understood exactly what I was going through, but he didn't have to, he just showed that he cared. Um, and I never forgot that. Um, and slowly, but surely after going through kind of my emergency therapy and, and doing a really helpful thing, um, for me, it was, I, I loved to write. I was a big writer and for me writing letters, um, specifically to relationships that I felt were broken. Um, Writing letters and not delivering them to the person, but burning it and getting some closure was a really important thing for me to do. Um, And so that slowly started to allow me to kind of open up and connect. And uh, Joel Walker, who is has a huge, huge, probably one of the most pivotal um, figures in terms of me coming to Christ is he just brought me in with care and love and prayer, but didn't really force the Christianity thing on me. He just showed me what it means to be a loving, caring human.
2: Right.
0: Um, So slowly I had to start kind of peeling back the layers and,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and opening myself up. And I was finally, you know, gaining community, starting to smile again. Um, but next thing was, I, I got, got to address this thing that just happened. I still can't explain how a text ended up on my friend's phone that ended up saving my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's only one answer that has made any sort of sense. So I ended up meeting up with a campus missionary,
1: Mike. Mike um, I just talked to Mike yeah. the Elsner. Uh, how's he How's he doing? Uh, He's doing good he's in florida um but they're doing really good. good so that's awesome man um he's working got, at, he's working at uh the crew aia headquarters right now so it's good for him yeah that's awesome I, yeah i've, I've been meaning dude. to reach out to
0: him really great guy tough tough guy tough guy to sit down and have a conversation with sometimes
1: yeah he doesn't uh, uh, he does, sometimes he doesn't use his filter or have one he doesn't hold back he and doesn't there was part of me that was that was actually a really,
0: like, I, I appreciated that about Mike because he was just a real straight shooter. Right. He told it how it was. He explained it. He sat me down for, you know, at that point, I was pretty open to talking about my story um, and just being like, hey, this is why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why this is important. I'm just giving it a try. Um, <laughs> And bless you, sir. So I talked, to, I talked to him for about 30 minutes, told him my deal. He told me for 30 minutes what he does. And at the end of our little meeting, he just goes, hey, can I pray for you? And normally I would say no, mm-hmm. just because we're in a public setting, a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I had never partake in any, you know, team prayer or anything. I just, you know, be respectful, but not, not engage. Right. And uh, it was the first time God had ever spoke to me.
2: Mm.
0: and I hear in my head just a ringing of the word surrender which is that that that's just not a word an atheist says no, or hears no. or thinks and I think Seth made a beautiful joke on stage and just said it's not a it's not a word that a lot of Christians hear or believe or say either so right. um, that was my first obedience to God where I said okay and uh, I opened up my hands, put my head down, and I got washed over with just an overwhelming joy. I was hot. I started hyperventilating deep, like crazy. My heart was just racing, started sweating. I'm crying. And you know, these are tears of joy and not tears of, of sadness that I've been crying for the last you know four years of. Right. Um finally receiving the one thing that I was missing. It was just love. And I had no option but to receive it. Hmm. Um, I opened up my eyes after we finished and he just goes, are you okay? And I was like, I I don't know. I don't know what this is. And he's like, "You're, you're actually glowing right now. I said, what is going on right now? He said, I think that's the Holy Spirit. And I said, if this is the Holy Spirit and this is what Christianity is, I will give myself to Christ right now. And from that moment on, I gave myself to Christ.
1: And that was just the beginning of my story. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the, it's the uh, the more cinematic version of the story, I think. Yeah. But that's amazing. Man. Dude, your story has already touched so many lives. Are you okay? Absolutely. Uh, It brings me joy to now be able to
0: speak this and and know that even if it just reaches one person,
1: yeah,
2: it's, it's being told for a good reason.
1: Right. I don't know. I don't know if this is an appropriate question to ask or not, but you don't say it and you didn't say it in the story, but did you have a method um, how you were going to end your life or, (laughs) Do you mind sharing
2: uh,
0: the only reason i didn't share that was just for safety reasons um, typically in the mental health realm, you don't share um, your okay, method just because that's why yeah, I didn't know. yeah no problem uh, it's just you, can, you, you don't want
1: you can just tell me on, on off air at some point yeah if, if that's yeah okay. I'm, I'm happy to do that yeah, so uh, like I said i don't know what the um, what the uh policy is on speaking on these matters. I always, when people ask me, cause it happens a lot, like where people will be like, Hey, um, I always refer to you. And I'm like, I listen, I'm not a therapist. Like I'm not equipped to talk to somebody about suicide. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, like it continues to happen. So maybe I need mm-hmm. to get equipped on it. Um, but uh, yeah, but um, I always I always come to you if, if that's a situation. Yeah. Is
0: present. Yeah, just just out of the safety thing, man. It's it's one of those things where you don't want to plant an
1: idea and make it a, make it become a reality. Is, is it kind of like talking about alcohol when an alcoholic is in recovery? Is that basically what it is? Like, even if it's talking about it in a negative mm-hmm. way, just the word alcohol or, like, a certain drink? Okay. Like, if you mention the word, like, fireball for somebody that's an alcoholic, like, that could trigger them? Um, No, because I think what
0: that does is uh, in mental health, Especially talking about like a you know, when you're sharing your story, mm-hmm. um you prepare the audience with what words you're gonna be using and why. And the reason we intentionally use these words is because we want them to be words that are not um not faux pas to use.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the second you start talking about suicide, everybody kind of clinches up
2: yeah. and they
0: start they start retracting a little bit. And I'm saying, yeah. no, no, no get comfortable with these conversations get comfortable with this verbiage because it's important
2: right
0: you're opening up a door for somebody to finally be comfortable enough to say hey i'm actually really struggling with this um can anybody else relate and you're not it's not somebody you know shooting bullets into the dark it's it's i'm giving you this i'm telling you something really vulnerable about myself so that I can open up the door for you to come in and say, actually, I feel that too. And now I don't
2: feel so crazy for thinking that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing, man. I appreciate it. I know I've talked um, about doing this for a while, and um, I always had like, oh, I wanna get my podcast bigger, but I'm like, God's gonna do with this message what he wants. And if you gotta come mm -hmm. on two, three years down the road and tell the same story when there's a million people listening, I'll let it happen. I'll let it slide. It's a great story and um, not enough people can hear it, I don't think. Um, Did your testimonies rock me uh, at the core? Uh, I've used it before. Um, It's just one of those things that's even as a Christian, it sounds like come on, man, like God didn't send a text Mm -hmm. to your phone. Uh, Mm -hmm. But God does those things and I actually I'm not comfortable speaking on a certain situation yet because it, I don't know if it's a hundred percent, uh, it's a, it's a money situation, but I don't know if it's a hundred percent finalized. So I don't want to, I don't want to, um, speak on it, but, uh, I think God did something very similar in my life with, in regards to finances mm-hmm. and, um, it happens. Yeah, it sure. does
2: happen, man.
0: And it's funny you bring that up too, because
1: I think I
0: personally wrestled with. um, I I actually had a a word spoken over me by uh, Hillary Paulson,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: one of the pastors of Grace City, and um, it was the first time that I had gotten a chance to talk about um, the aftermath of that of that night one of the lies that the enemy has continually tried to poke into me is something she had said she said i keep getting this vision of kind of like a shield around you and just this pesky demon just trying to poke its way through and saying it's not real it's not real mm-hmm. And i remember her we were in uh, la at the enc conference yeah she had that word for me and I remember just completely breaking down on her shoulder. And I was like, I've never spoken that out to anybody. And that's how I know this came from God because how else would you have been able to know that or, or know that that's something that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time believing it at times. Yeah. Um, but to know that God hears that too is like, it's such a relief and just such a Testament to his grace. He said, I'm not just going to be graceful when you needed me the most. And I literally had to save you. I'm going to continue to be graceful through that story. Um, and, and remind you that this did happen. I did save you for this, for this reason. And I hear you.
1: That's amazing, man. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we should wrap it up. Um, I gotta get some all you can eat sushi, but uh that's man, just- you gotta get after that. Dude, Vegas has the best all you can eat sushi. It's crazy. You pay twenty, thirty bucks, and it's like not like the highest end sushi where you pay like two, three hundred bucks for, but mm-hmm. I'd say thirty bucks would probably get you what, like a hundred to hundred and fifty wood at a normal place. Mm. That's dangerous, man. It it is dangerous. Uh I didn't eat all day and I did uh, cardio twice. I walked a mile uphill and then I ran one. So oh my gosh, a little bit over a mile. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Do you have any final words? Do you have any final thoughts? I mean, we'll obviously I'll call you at some point. Um, before mm-hmm. before I share this podcast and stuff and um, just give you yeah. information on it. But and just catch up. But do you have any like? I don't know. I mean, is there any like caveat or anything that you tell people after you tell your Testimony? Is there any hope words that you want to give people? Like what the floor is yours, man. Obviously, the floor's been yours. Yeah. The whole podcast, but um
0: yeah, it's interesting. The uh, so obviously I got up and told that testimony uh three times and then I got baptized um that January, um, uh, immediately after that third time. And you know, the worst thing that can possibly happen to the enemy is somebody gets baptized, right? Because Mm -hmm. you've just taken away all their power. Right. So they're going to they're going to try and do the next best thing, which is make you feel illegitimate, make it feel like, you know, you're responsible. What I want to tell somebody who's, who's been, maybe not even dealing with their own things, which I'll get to that, but people who are dealing with, um, handling situations that are really sensitive um, with others and pouring love into those people, understand that it is not your job to save them. God's already working on that. And if you're not, if you're not shepherding them into what God is doing for them, you're actually doing them a disservice um, and you're doing yourself a disservice and you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So I did not save me. Right. nor will I ever try to take the credit for tr- saving somebody else because they listened to my testimony and turn their whole life around.
2: Right. Right.
0: Um, I think that's a really, really important thing. I'm not the one who's going to save me. I'm not the one that's going to save you. Right. God's already done that work. He may just be using me right now to steer you towards him. So don't mistake somebody pouring love into you as they are now, somebody you should idle um don't hold on to somebody so tight that you actually don't allow yourself to receive the love that god is trying to pour into you
1: well and that's that's a huge struggle within the mental health space right is people cling to mm-hmm. the messenger and not mm-hmm. the actual message or the person that sent the message right so like right. If, if somebody if you help somebody get off the edge right and, and mm-hmm. this I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this does happen a lot, and then you or you tre- leave or you move, yeah, they attribute everything that 's happened to them through you, like you 've become their idol absolutely, and, and so your message is don't let that happen like let 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 the world know that Evan Munn is not the one that saves Evan Munn is a messenger for the one who saves
0: absolutely, it is all for the glory of God, and it will never be my story alone that saved somebody it's what god did through that story um again i'm just a message and and two i think if you are in a situation where you're having a hard time finding hope finding peace um as dumb as it is and as simple as it is don't give up yeah just don't give up Give, it, give me one more day. If you think today is your last day, give me one more day.
2: You ever
1: listen to Jocko Willink? Hell yeah. I, I love Jocko. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, she's been like, because cause she can log into my like my YouTube and stuff. And she's like, I see you've been watching like, a lot of Navy SEAL stuff. Like, Are you going to war? Because like, I can't deal with that. And I'm like, I'm not going to war. I just think it's interesting because you know, uh-huh. but I listened to a lot of Jocko late. I've been listening to a lot of Jocko lately. I've actually got his book. Uh, I brought this up on my podcast, with my brother, but extreme ownership. Have you read that book? No, I, that's next time I'm reading this though. Oh my gosh. Read it. it, it it's life-changing. Um, hey. But, but he was talking about uh, procrastinating. He's like, well, somebody asked a question like, well, what do you do when you don't feel it? When you don't feel like going to the gym, when you're feeling like crap, mm-hmm. he's like, mm-hmm. wait till tomorrow. If you need a rest day, take it tomorrow.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's
1: like, I'm not big on procrastinating. I'm not big on postponing things. But if it if it's truly your body telling you, hey, we need to rest, go into the gym today, go do your training, go through the motions if you have to. And mm-hmm. then if tomorrow you need that rest. And I think, I mean, it, it hits the nail. I mean, not hits the nail on the head, but it's a lot like what you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, don't, don't, don't go like do something stupid tomorrow, but like, wait, like continue. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying like, go harm yourself tomorrow, but.
0: Just, just give it a day. And what it is, is it's allowing you when you make a very emotional decision, because you're in a decision, you're in an emotional state to get to that point. Um, You're allowing yourself to take a pause and you're allowing God to work within that moment. Right take a pause um, it's it's just so important and since we're on book recommendations Wild at Heart by John Eldridge read it every young man I believe needs to read that book um, I'm working through it right now Christian or not I think it's a very important message for, for every young man to read okay
1: cool um, anything else man before I let you go that's it man Appreciate you having me
0: on. This is this is I'm glad we got to finally do this. I know we've been talking about this for a while.
1: No, it it's been amazing, man. I think I'm just gonna go through um I'm just gonna start having my friends on and, and having important conversations and when the famous people come, they come. If they don't, I'm not gonna let it ruin my week. Um good man. But, but you have one of the best testimonies I've ever heard. I, I, I do have one question. Does it have you ever, you talk about like spiritual warfare and the, the voices um, that start you know coming at you and, and you talk about being diminished and your testimony being diminished and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you ever hear the lie that you sent that text, you just don't remember and you deleted it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That happened? All the time. All the time. And I
0: think, here's the thing. It's not true, but here's the thing. Yeah. even if it was this is this is the big thing that I try to take away even if it was truly me does that really take away from the story no because as an atheist I would have never asked for help so even if I did send it you know playing devil's advocate it doesn't take away a single thing that God did in my life as an atheist and it doesn't take a single way in my life of what God did after I gave
1: myself to him That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Evan Munn. Evan, how can people get in contact with you? Oh, if anybody is struggling, uh, what are some resources that they can go to? What's a phone number um, that they can be calling? I I don't want somebody to hear this and say, well, what do I do? Absolutely. A couple different things you can do. First
0: and foremost, shoot, let me find the actual um, phone number okay there is a national suicide hotline um,
1: that is open 24 7 i'll just say while you're looking up the number some of my advice to people is tell somebody mm-hmm. um, get in community immediately go meet, right. with a, meet with a pastor meet with somebody at a church um, that's right. And, and be open about what you're feeling because there is going to yeah. be somebody that is equipped to, to help you through that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but the number. Yeah,
0: the number is uh, 800-273-8255. You can call that number 24 hours a day. It's available in English and Spanish. Um, on top of that, you can go to any mental health, if you have a health care provider, everybody has a mental health um, outreach program attached to it. Any hospital is, of course, going to be open to that. Tell somebody if you need help or if you just need somebody who understands you and you just want to see some stories that inspire you, go hit up Damn Worth It, um, the Damn Worth It campaign. Helensky's Hope um strength and stories these are all college aged um you know student athletes and just students that just have a real passion for mental health and helping end the stigmas around mental health you know the rhetoric it's okay to not be okay you will find everywhere all over there is love there's support please reach out don't feel like you're going to be burdening anybody sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody you don't even know um and we're happy to help you
1: yeah. Yeah. No man. That's that's awesome. Um victory, man. That's a victory. And and God that's did some amazing, amazing things in your life and he's doing some amazing things in everybody else's. Evan, I appreciate you coming on. Um what's your Instagram? Thanks for having me. Uh Evan Munn zero zero. Also,
0: go ahead and hit up Bubbles Detailing LLC, Bubbles? To help your boy out. <laughs> Bubbles Detailing
1: LLC, baby. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, on Instagram, Facebook, hit me up. Um, yeah, anything you guys need, I'm here for it.
1: Never miss a detail with Bubbles Detail. All right, nice Evan. Well, I appreciate you, brother, man. I love you. Um, not in a weird way. Uh, if you <laughs> No, in a weird way. Uh, let's take it, though. No, please don't. Uh, <laughs> Please, please don't. Please don't I, I know I lived in Portland, but please don't ask me to that. Guy. Uh, um, no, man. Uh, I love you, brother. I appreciate you for coming on. Um, if you ever need anything, let me know. If you're coming out to Vegas, I've got a um, basically like a little studio area where you could stay, so you've got a place to stay, man. Um, just mm, let me know, brother. Can't say
0: no to Vegas. All right, brother. Great you talking family, to you, my
1: man. Have a good one, buddy. See you, dude. Love you. Bye. Love you, too.